I've worked for Adelangi for about five years. When you get into management, you think I'm gonna run a restaurant, but it's everything in between that I think has been the biggest journey for me. You don't need to have an answer all the time. Ooh, that's a juicy one, isn't it? Yeah, those lines get blurred pretty easily. And they're like, what? <laughs> like that happened? That is wild. But hey, when you're serving and interacting with like 500 people a day, you're gonna see things. Welcome to the Lunch at Work podcast, where we talk to experts about how to make workplaces better. Alison, thank you so much for joining us. You are a part of the management team uh, of Ottenengi's restaurant, Roby in Fitzrovia. And you were kind of recommended to me as somebody who is just an incredible manager and has so many uh, positive management qualities. So I'd really like to dive into that with you. Uh, I've worked for Ottenengi for about five years in total. And hospitality has always been something that's been a part of my life. When I started working for Ottenengi, it was just kind of I don't know, let's see what happens. I was only gonna be here for a couple of years and the company that I work for now really kind of like opened my eyes to a whole different side of hospitality. So it was quite amazing that although I had been in this industry for you know a good chunk of time, I was now getting a chance to learn something new, which, which I love. I love to learn, I love to you know take on new challenges. What do you think has kept you there for five years? The culture, yeah. For me, um, yeah, of course, there's like plenty of places that you can go. But what's important to me is when I come into work, I need I need a good environment. I need good people. I need to know that I'm going to have an enjoyable time, even when it's like a really stressful thing to be doing. There's been room for development and growth, which I think is also really important Last time we spoke, yeah. you said that you feel that management often drives culture. 100%. Within a team. Yes. What makes you feel that way? Well, I think you set the tone. Um, lead by example, right? I think I've grown up with that concept. And how are you going to expect people to behave or give you what you're looking for out of your team if you're not kind of like doing the same thing and if you're not setting that tone right so if you want an environment that is open and transparent then you've got to be clear and you have to have good communication that means also you have to have good feedback culture as well because i mean yes if you're the if you're the leader of the team you still need to be able to receive some feedback i think it's a really dangerous place to live if the management isn't also open to that because you just get stuck in a bubble and you're just making decisions that you think are the best thing to do. When, if you're leading so many people, why wouldn't you want to like tap into how you're potentially being uh, received by the team or you know how your decisions affect them? I think that comes through as well to the guests, right? So if you walk into a place, I think it's, it's really easy to see if people are unhappy or if they're actually enjoying what they do. It's, you think that transparency is really important? Oh my God, yes. I think that you need to be clear about the expectations so that the person that you're training knows what you want. If I'm the manager and I know what I want from somebody, then I should be able to ask that and clearly ask that. If that's not, be, if that's not happening, then again, I can clearly communicate, hey, this is my expectation. Um, so I just think it's 
I think it's just unfair if you're not transparent to the person that you're trying to develop. And, and then in the long run, you know, you're just doing yourself a disservice if you're not being clear about your expectations. What I find most beneficial is if I need to have feedback with somebody, and this is in a professional setting, it's important to keep it about the thing that's happening and about their job. So if it's something like, I don't know, maybe a waiter is moving like slowly around the floor and it's like, okay, I want them to move like a little bit quicker because that's just the pace of the restaurant. So you could go in and be like, hey, I don't know, you just seem like a little bit lazy today. What's going on? Like, I need you to move a bit faster. That, that's, that's personal. You're making what's lacking in their job performance about them as a person when that's not actually what I'm trying to say. And the reason that they're, they're moving slowly, I think it's unfair to assume that it's because they're like lazy. So what I would do is to say, you know, I notice, I think I like starting in that place, like I notice this. So it's an observation and it's not adding any sort of uh, personal uh, weight to what I'm trying to say. So, hey, I noticed that I'm feeling like I need to see like a quicker pace. Can you tell me a little bit about what's going on, uh, you know, for yourself that it's hard to move around the floor any quicker? And then it opens up this conversation. You're giving them the chance to explain maybe, hey, maybe they find like the table numbers. They're still like struggling with that a little bit. So they're still, they're walking like a bit slow because they're still trying to remember, okay, this section, yes, da, 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 and try to remember the table numbers. Like you're giving them the chance to uh, give you an idea about something that maybe you've missed like in their training. It's taking it away from aiming it at directly at the person. Yes. You're aiming it at the situation rather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In addition to that, once I offer the feedback, um, it's important to kind of just observe how that is received by them. You could follow it up with say, hey, I noticed that it looks like you maybe got uh, a little upset when I said this and I, I wanna know, is this something about what I said or how I said it? For yourself, sometimes when you think you're trying to say something in a certain way, it can potentially just be received differently. And if you notice that it looks like it's been received differently than you were hoping for to come across. I think it's good to check on that because again, it's an opportunity for you to clarify any misunderstanding and for you to gain something to learn about yourself so that the next time you have a conversation with somebody, hopefully you maybe won't do the same thing again. You could change your approach. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a chance to learn. Learning's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, I mean, it, it sounds, it sounds like a really good soft skill to have the soft, you know, the soft skill that I kind of really love is with my team, I make sure that we have a one-to-one -one as often as possible to go through any comments, questions, queries, concerns that are happening. Mm. Are there any other soft skills that you kind of uh, either developed in your management journey or kind of realized that you need to develop? Or yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's, when you get into management, you think, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run a restaurant and I've got to do this and this and there's the clear things that need to be done on the list, but it's everything in between that I think has been the biggest journey for me and it's all those little soft skills. Um, luckily, I feel quite 
I feel comfortable with people. So that's something talking comes quite naturally to me. So I feel like I'm lucky to have that because uh, talking and communicating, you know, can be quite a hurdle to get over if that's something that you're not naturally comfortable with. Listening properly to people, um, really digesting and just taking the moment to hear people out. I think that has been a skill that I find very valuable and something that I've gotten a lot better at because I don't think that was something when I started out in management that was necessarily one of my like strongest skills. I felt like I was listening, but I'm not actually, I wasn't just sitting in the moment and hearing somebody out to the end of what they need to say without me starting to prepare an answer. You don't need to have an answer all the time. Simply just hearing somebody out venting might be all that they need in that moment. And just having somebody feel like they're heard, I think can do so much more than you just feeling like you need to fill that gap and have an answer for them and fix a solution. It gains trust as well. So that when they come to you, they, they trust that you're going to just hear them out. Am I correct in saying that you've done, throughout the year, you've done some mental health training? Yes. What does that look like for you? It was really eye-opening, actually. Um, so what they would do is kind of, they treated it, if you're going to have training in first aid for physical things that are going on, there's such like clear training for that. And then they've taken that approach, but then applied it to mental health because as we discussed, we spend so much time with the people that we're working with. And, you know, everyone has got something going on outside of work. And we spend so much time with each other. Chances are, you know, some of the stuff that's happening outside of work is probably going to leak into work a little bit. And the scenarios and that you're put in working in a restaurant, it's high stress, high emotion. You have to give you so much of yourself. You're on your feet. It's exhausting. Those things are just going to leak through, right? And if you're in a leadership position, I think it's amazing to be equipped to be able to recognize if something is going on or if somebody comes to you and so clearly is, is saying, like, I need help with this. It's really nice now that since we've had the training, I feel like I've got some tools under my belt to handle any of these situations that are coming up. So we did like a couple of days training. They would sit down with us and say like scenarios or uh, we would go through typical kind of mental health things that could come up and what to recognize. If this is happening, this is this might be what's going on. Or if they're saying this, you know, this here are some questions to ask after that. So they just kind of like give you some tools so that you could in that moment, if somebody needs help, you kind of knew somewhat what to do. But what was so clear about the training as well is like, you're not a counselor after this, you know, you're not a therapist. So you don't have to have the answers, which was is also something that's really nice to hear and kind of ties into that whole, like the listening thing as well that I spoke about. You don't need the answers in the moment. Um, so other things we've done have been... Um, non-conflict communication someone at work recently i noticed was just maybe like doing some silly things in their section or like you know tapping something clicking a pen constantly just kind of like losing focus a little bit i remember at one point i just i went up to them and i was like 
stop clicking your pen. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's annoying. Yeah. Uh, something along those lines. Yeah. And, and then, then they said to me, um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I, it's something that I do because I have ADHD. I was like, oh, oh no. Like I just, you know, I, I sat with that for a moment. And then later in service, I just, I went up to them and I just apologized because I think what I said was quite insensitive because I didn't know that that was something that was going on for them. And I didn't know that that clicking of the pen was something that they needed to do in that moment to, uh, whether it's to be focused or calm themselves. And, but now that I know that about them, I love our interactions. And now I understand that they just need something like a little bit different from me. It's beautiful that I've like had this training and being able to communicate. So I realized in that moment, I didn't communicate very well. So at the end of the shift, I wanted to revisit that conversation. And now I have like amazing shifts with this person. And it's just, it's just changed the, the dynamic. And then the first aid training, you know, had once they said that, then I was like, okay, then I can click into some of the things that I've learned about that. I think that's so important. You know, what you touched on, the fact that you didn't know. Mm. And so often everyone's got stuff going on yeah no one we don't know so just to have that kind of um acknowledgement after the fact mm-hmm. just to go I was actually a little bit insensitive in that situation because I don't know what's going on it takes practice and so even though I've had all that training I still mess it up in that scenario where you know on reflection I was being insensitive but I could realize that and that goes into a lot of the training that I've had um, and being open to feedback and, uh, you know, just realizing that I've made a mistake in that moment and there's, I need to, I need to communicate that. And I want to learn something from this person because I, I don't want to make that mistake again. It's such an interesting one because there are a lot of managers out there who don't see that and who just go, you're not, you don't, you're not coughing and sneezing. Yeah. You're not on your deathbed. Come into work. What yeah. is going on? You've got a podcast. Uh-huh. You've released an episode called Horrible Bosses. Yes. Which I find hilarious. I thought, <laughs> so, so good. Um, I feel like uh, that would fit into the Horrible Bosses column. Completely. Have you had a horrible boss or horrible bosses? And what have you learned from them? Because there's always something to learn, isn't there? Back in Canada, you you work for tips, right? And so the way that you structure the floor is a little bit differently. And there's like so much favoritism that would go into who's going to get the best section. And, you know, you've got to play up to the managers and just kind of just be a bit fake. And, but then they would play into that as well. So it's all kind of this like inauthentic fake. Yeah, exactly. I think that was really bad. I didn't like that culture. And I felt like, you know, to a certain extent, I had to be fake sometimes and, and just kind of play up and, you know, and try and be friends with people just so that I could sustain myself and make sure I'm going to get those good sections because I know I can do the job. And I felt like, yeah, I was a great waiter. Um, but if I wasn't the favorite, then I'm not going to get the good section and then I'm not going to make the money that I need. And I've seen that happen. And I've seen those people who are not buddy buddy with people just get treated quite poorly, get cut early. They're not making as much money. It's just, it was crazy to think that this, your income and your professional worth was 
it wasn't necessarily based on your work uh, ethic. You know, you spoke earlier about how now you're kind of the people that you work with are kind of your family. Yeah. How do you, as a manager, set the boundaries that need to be there between a team member and their manager? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that's a juicy one, isn't it? Yeah. Those lines get blurred pretty easily. Um, but there's situations, aren't there, where you need to then be the manager. We, we, we've got to start being mates now. It's, it's time to, we've got to do this work. Me working on relaxing a little bit has been more of a struggle. So for me to fall into that, like, manager mode when something actually needs to be addressed, that hasn't been the most challenging thing for me. But I do see it happen, right? And so when you try and relax a little bit and have more of these, like, softer relationships with people and maybe they'll just get relaxed about not letting me know they're running five minutes late and in that it's just like there's a respect thing so I've had that happen where somebody just got they just like didn't even bother to tell me that they were coming in late and while we were having a joke and whatever and we're being cool I was like I took them aside and was like hey I just want you to know that by you not giving me the heads up that you were running late I noticed I felt uh, disrespected in that moment because that is the expectation and that is what we ex expect in this working relationship. If you're running late, you're going to let me know that you're running late because I need you to be here. And by you not giving me the heads up, it just felt like uh, you didn't respect that, um, you know, that boundary. And they were like, kind of like, oh, what? And but it's like, yeah, no, we can be friends, but I still need you, when it comes to the job, I still need you to do the job. So I think I can naturally switch to those moments in service. And I think it catches people off guard from time to time. But I think it's good to know that that, that boundary is still there. Have you seen that happen, you know, wherever you've worked, where it's the complete opposite and the manager is just mates with everybody? <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course oh my god yeah um why is it why is it such a bad thing why how has it affected the team you need guidance as much as people think that they want to come into work and everything's like lackadaisical and fun and blah 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 and we're all adults and we can we can run ourselves we can run the floor actually you do need somebody just leading and you just need somebody to keep things kind of like on in line and in focus for what the business needs when you've got everybody trying to make decisions for themselves it's actually i've seen it where it just it's, it's confusing you know and somebody naturally wants to take on that role so we touched a little bit earlier on the fact that you now have your own podcast yeah could you please let us know what it's all about what you're doing why it's important and what made you start yeah completely um so yeah very clear that the podcast that we're doing is a very different tone to like this, right. you know? Um, and also, I just want to be clear, we don't talk about experiences that are currently happening where we work. I think it's important to have that separation uh, so people understand we're not speaking about people who are currently coming into the restaurant or something, just so that's clear. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a podcast called Table Wine. Uh, so wine. wine with wine. an H, W-H-I-N-E. And it is just a podcast about working in restaurants. And my, me and my friend Pierre started it because we just wanted to have a conversation. It's just about, I don't know, just the things that happen. And 
the silly things that happen, all the like little nuances that go on that people just don't really know that goes on during a service. You know, it just opens up all these conversations. We can talk about our experiences and, you know, what we've gone through. I just love that there is channels now for people who work in hospitality to just kind of feel heard. And I know that what we're talking about is not serious stuff. It can be serious from time to time, but being heard is a really nice thing. When when you feel like you're doing something and you're the only person that's experiencing that, it can be a very isolating feeling. And you know you can get into a spiral like, is this the thing I want to be doing? What's wrong with me? Why am I having these experiences? Why do I have these challenging situations happen to me? To just hear that somebody else has experienced something similar, it can do a lot for a person. I love the idea that people could think that working in hospitality is like a fun and exciting thing to do. And it's not this like job that you do if you can't do anything else. It's like, no, you actually have to be really skilled to work in this. You learn, you learn a lot. And so it's an amazing thing to be working in that industry. A lot of places say, come and join our family. It's going to be great. But I genuinely feel like us as a group, it's just this one big family. And it's, yeah. you know, like you said earlier, we can come in and just talk to each other about whatever it is that we're going through and people will listen. And yeah. there's always someone to talk to. Do you, are there any stories that you want to tell? Like every night something something happens and I get so used to those things happening that I don't think it's an interesting story until I speak to somebody who doesn't work in this job and they're like, what? <laughs> like that happened? That is wild. Um, like it's funny to like see other people witnessing what's going on and to come back and they're like, what just happened? Oh my God. And you're like, what? What's going on? Because I just like, I just forget about it after that, you know, like after the situation has gone. I've just dealt with something like with that similarly so many times that it's just kind of like, whatever, it's just something that you do. There was, um, it was at the end of the night, I was covering breaks. And so I was like a little bit of everywhere, but I still obviously in the manager that's on the floor. And I remember something like crashed in the kitchen. And so I just, you know, go in to check, hey, you guys okay, everything going on, are you all right? Like just making sure nobody's hurt. And, uh, and there was a table that was there that I was trying to clear and give them dessert menus. It was a bigger table, so everyone was just kind of like talking to each other. Um, but I didn't know that they were like watching everything that was going on. And like, so I just come back after that and I was like popping down the shirt. And I was like, yeah, so what do we want to go to do it? You know, some like coffees, dessert wine, da, da, da. And then they're all just like, you need to tell us what's going on. We saw this and we saw this. Like, are the chefs okay? And I'm like, yeah, what? Everything's fine. They're like, no, no, no. Are the chefs okay though? I'm like, what's happening? Why are you asking me like that? And they're like, because we've been watching the bear and we know that stuff goes on. We know stuff goes on behind the scenes. So like, is everything okay? <laughs> and I'm like, I swear to you, everything is fine. And, uh, and they're like, okay, but then what happened with this person? And then we just had like a long chat about, uh, yeah, what they were seeing in the bear and that these things actually do happen. And while in this moment, everything is okay, but I think they couldn't believe that they were just like seeing a little bit of the crazy stuff that goes on because it was towards the end of the night and they're like one of the only people left in the restaurant. Um, but hey, when you're serving and interacting with like 
500 people a day, yes, you're going to see things. You're going to have experiences. And uh, some of them are beautiful. Maybe to finish on, uh, I was at reception and I was like covering, running the book for a moment or something. And uh, somebody came in and they were like, they were visiting and they were going to go see the show Come From Away. And uh, they were really excited about it. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you. I've seen that show and actually I experienced that. And uh, I lived through Come From Away because I'm from the East Coast of Canada. And I remember all that happening while I was in high school. And they're like, I was in New York. Uh, I lived in New York. And they're like, I experienced that. I lived in the city when, you know, when 9-11 was happening. And we had this like short conversation about like our experiences with it. And it was like maybe only five minutes. And I'm having this conversation with a stranger, but we both got emotional and I was like starting to tear up a little bit and like I like getting like chills thinking about it. It's crazy to think that with this stranger, we were able to have like this short conversation and just connect on a level that was like so deep and to share an experience that was obviously like a huge experience for both of us in our lives. And just to have like this human connection, I think was such, it's such a nice reminder sometimes that like, Everybody has something and we're all humans just trying to just get on, you know, and we're just trying to get by. And if you can have these moments and, and take a second to actually like make an effort to talk to somebody or listen to somebody and just interact, those moments are beautiful. And, and I think about that and that's an experience that I'll, I'll take with me because it was, it, it hit a chord, you know, and even talking about it is something that pulls at like a heartstring, uh, just yeah we're all just people where can people find your podcast yes yeah, so we are currently on spotify uh amazon music and we'll be on apple Podcasts soon as well so yeah if you are bored and in need of a, a giggle then i uh, encourage you to listen Amazing. and where can people visit you at your restaurant yeah i work at rovi restaurant uh so rovi by Ottolenghi, so that's in london and uh, yeah, I'm pretty much there all the time. So I would love if he came in, asked me about Nova Scotia, because I will talk your ear off about that. I would love to feed you and find you some good wine and uh, have a beautiful experience and, you know, introduce you to my team because uh, it's an amazing one. And I'm very proud of where I work. So I would love for anyone to come and check it out. Amazing. Thank you so much. This has Thank been you. incredible. And I'm sure that everybody's learned so much about different management styles and best ways to help run teams and those sorts of things. So, yeah. I hope so. I hope that anything uh, of what I've said has been helpful in some respect. And, you know, if you want to know more about it, then yeah, come visit me or get in touch and, and have a chat. I'm always ready to chat someone's ear off. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to keep me in line. <laughs> I mean, I've certainly learned a lot. So it's been great. Thank you. Thank you. This podcast is powered by BM Caterers. Contacting BM is the easiest way to start your journey to a better workplace experience. Click the link in the description for more info.